Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today, we have Janine Woolman on the show. She's originally from Uruguay, uh, immigrated to the US when she was 13. And after she graduated college, she started working in accounting, but she didn't like doing the reconciliations all the time. Uh, so she, she started working in, in internal audit, which I think was a great move. She's worked for Bacardi in ADT and has taken numerous companies public. And she's currently at Convey Health Solutions, who uh, they went public in June 2021, which was her seventh company to go public. She also got involved with the Miami IA chapter and volunteers on several committees. Um, she became the VP of programs and now she is the IA Miami chapter president. And in her free time, she likes to dance and she's become a certified bartender. She did that while working at Bacardi as a way to get to learn the business better, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, she's also very much an avid runner. On the show, Janine shares why nonverbal communication and soft skills are important in audit, how to attract and keep talent at your organization, which I think is huge right now, and the best mindset to main productivity. Here we go. So I know like when we talked in the past um, and we're starting to see with internal audit and other professions, folks are moving around a lot from organization to organization, maybe because of uh, they want remote work and their organization doesn't offer it now. And so there's this, um, what's happening is the knowledge that is within the organization, within the internal audit department is, is leaving. And I know that's something that we've talked about in the past is knowledge retention. So I uh, was looking for some guidance from you uh, and for the listeners on because everyone's moving, how are you able to retain that knowledge within, within your group? So I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a little inevitable to control, you know, the talent that you have in your audit groups these days, just because, I mean, we are changing drastically based on what just happened, you know, the pandemic, COVID and stuff like that. I think that there's a little bit of risk that it's like, obviously outside of our control, right? But what I do, you know, think that we, we can do as internal auditors, as head of our internal audit departments, is that we can make sure that we have really great documentation, right? And all of our processes, essentially, I mean, what we tell our process owners to document, to have like right controls, to have process narratives, flow charts, whatever it is that you have, audit procedures, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that you have those um, in place. Also, I'm a firm believer that people don't leave 
their jobs because they don't like their jobs. Essentially, they don't like their bosses yeah. a lot of times, you know? <laughs> so I think that what, what we can do to make sure to, to reduce that risk of having people be transferring and, and, and getting new opportunities. I mean, it is a big thing these days that, you know, obviously money makes the monkey dance, right? But it's not just money. I think that the new generation is appreciating a lot of other factors. For example, you know, the fact that as a leader, you invest in your team, right? So show them that you care, show them that you're trying to create an asset, not just for the business because you're being selfish, but because you care about their development, right? So you want to make sure that you're creating that foundation that we have, you know, the right, the right expectations set up that, you know, um, the, the foundation is solid, right? Take your time to explain, to go through things, you know, even if you, I like to, to hire from the bottoms up, I like to hire staff, right? They're interns fresh out of college and, and mold them to become, you know, the great auditors that I think I can mold them to be, right? So I, I, I always say, if you show that you care, if you show that you're putting your heart into it, into their development, and you show them that you care, then they're going to recognize that. And they're when they find themselves between, you know, two jobs that maybe like the money factor is like much higher at the new opportunity, they're going to be like, you know what, but I'm not going to find a boss like this, like everywhere else. Right. Because it it is an unknown. You don't know who you're going to be working for. So if you already found somebody that appreciates you, that invests in you, that gives you the tools and resources to be successful and to get to the place that you want to be in your career, I think that people appreciate that and they stay. Right. So that's more of a preventive measure for, you know, to avoid people like jumping from job to job, I think. Yeah. And you you see those stories on LinkedIn a little bit of, Hey, my friend got an offer for an extra 15,000 or whatever it is at this other organization. She loved her job, but went to this other organization for a little bit more money and now hates it. And it's like, it's a really, you know, is it really worth an extra, you know, whatever the percent uh, or whatever those dollars are to leave and go somewhere else where maybe it's not, um, you don't have that great boss or the culture's not a a good fit or something. So I think that that's, I think you nailed it there. Um, yeah, and nowadays, you know, it's like, I mean, $15,000 a year is nothing, you know, <laughs> it's like after taxes, after your 401k, after benefits, it's absolutely nothing, right? And culture, especially in internal audit, is one of the most important things. It's like what you live by is you want to go to a company that has the right tone at the top, that the executives don't just talk the talk, but they walk the talk, mm-hmm. the, the talk right? And if you've already found a place like that, I mean, you're, you're extremely lucky, you know, because it, it's hard to find. I mean, let yeah. me tell you, you know, I've, I've seen different companies in consulting. It's really hard to find the right tone at the top and and the executives, the leadership that's going to invest in you, you know, so that, that's a very good point. I agree. Yeah. And kind of sticking to that theme of, of, of maybe even like the hiring process and bringing people on. I know you're big on nonverbal communication and soft skills and not just the, the technical side of, of audit. Um, how do you assess those with for with someone, especially during the hiring process, and especially if it is for like a remote position, and you're talking to somebody that you you might see face to face a few times a year? How, how how do you do that? How can we do that? So I like to just you know I I try to sh- stay away from like you know structured interviews. I like to give the candidate the opportunity to drive the conversation. 
I, ha I have a conversation. I don't have, obviously I have certain things that I need to, you know, kind of check the box as I'm doing the interview process, but I like to know, usually, I mean, I, I know within the first three to five minutes if, if it's a good fit or not. In internal audit, it's very important to focus on, you know, personality skills. You're not going to, like, management has to buy into your recommendation. So you have to sell that recommendation. There's a little bit of a selling aspect to being an auditor, right? You have to not, to, you have to realize and, and, and understand that people are, are, you know, you're their trusted advisor. So you, there has to be a little bit of a conversational, you know, people skills, like, you know, interaction yeah. when you're interviewing. So I like to see, you know, I, I make sure that, and also like the, 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 the interview setting is so, you know, like everybody's nervous. It's like, it's, you're not getting the full, the real, you know, so don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, go in there with like a structured checklist and stuff like that. I would just like pass it on to the candidate to see if they're able to drive the conversation. If they are those leaders that are going to set the tone do they talk about what's the objective do they you know talk way too much do they talk with their hands like i talk with my hands a lot it's, i think it's a spanish thing <laughs> <laughs> but um i a lot of times you get uh trend you you get a lot more information from nonverbal communication from people and back then it used to be you know you go into their office you get a conversation starter you see like you know, a flag from their football team and stuff like that. Or, you know, like there's there's actually a, a, a really good book. It's called Blink. I forgot the author, but it's a great book. Blink. Um, and I Blink. Yeah. And I think that it's, um you know, it's a very, very important um, piece of information. I mean, if you think about it, what we say, what comes out of our mouths is highly manipulated, right? But the nonverbal aspect of our communication just comes out, you know, you can see if somebody's being a little nervous, if they know their topics, if they know what they're doing, you know, by the, the, their pauses, are they, you know, using filler words, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. If they look into the right, do they have their arms crossed, you know, that they're like, completely closed out to you or they're engaging, you know? So I usually look a lot about, do they have their phone in their table? Like, you mm. know, how professional are they? What's the work ethic? You know, I think that um, a lot of those things tell you a lot more about the person, you know, also I like to focus on just like you did, you told me, you know, let's make it a little bit more conversational and, 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 focus on, you know, also some, some extracurricular activities, something personal, yeah. you know, you want to know what are those hobbies that they have? Is it like to sit down in front of the PlayStation where they're not like necessarily exercising the soft skills or, you know, do they have the ability to actually, you know, maybe like they, they like to go to networking events on, or, you know, do they like to foster relationships? Are they involved in a networking, um, you know, type of, of, of program? Do they go to certain events in their industry? Do they care? Are they passionate about what they do? Are they going the extra mile? Yeah. You know, because technical these days, I mean, these, these kids come out of college with like, two degrees, three degrees, graduate, CPA, CIA, this, that, and, you know, the technical skills, like, that's what, what you're there for and you get with experience. But do they need, you know, do, do they have the potential to become those, like, true leaders that are going to have the right soft skills that are going to empower 
the coming generation is what I look for, you know, not necessarily so much, you know, uh, on the technical skills, I would say. Yeah. And you've talked about before, and I don't know if the conversation was, what is the, like what the question was or how we got to it, but we were talking about maybe even traits of a, a good internal auditor. And, and you said someone that cares and you said the way you said it, I wrote it like in all caps, capital C A R E. And I think that's a huge one. I usually, I usually think about uh, curiosity as being one of those, those key elements also, but really if you have someone that cares about uh, the job that they're doing, like you can really tell a a major difference. And especially if you've been around long enough and you've worked with the the folks that do care and the ones that don't, you see like the big difference between those. And so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think if you could tease out that, that sense of, does this person like actually care about, you know, their, um, maybe even internal audit or their, their professional goals, or is it just kind of like, Hey, I need a job. So, uh, that, that, you know, that's what I'm here for, uh, kind of thing. If you can tease that out, I think that's a big one. Yeah, I agree. And, and you, you hit right on the bullet trend because I became an auditor because I am a true fixer at heart. Passionate about what I do. I like, you know, uh, um, you know, it's kind of like a two double-edged sword because I am a perfectionist and I like things to be, you know, as efficient and effective as possible. And that's one of my passions, right? I see a process and I'm like, well, why are you doing this? If you could do it this way and you could, you know, streamline the process and then cut costs along the way and maybe focus on much more like your effort on not just pressing the same button, but, you know, performing some analytical skills, you know? So, 100% somebody who's going to care is going to go the extra mile somebody who's passionate about what what they do you know Trent we I always say this to my to my team you only live once and you have one chance to be the best version of yourself right why not be the best you know why not strive to be the best you know so I and and you can't do things properly if you don't do them with passion and we spend at least one third of our lives at work, you know, I mean, so it's, it's, you have to care. You have to be in a profession that you want to be in. You want to execute, you want to be the best you, and you want your team to, to follow that. You know, I don't want somebody that's going to come into my organization as technical as they can be. And they're just going to check the box and do the bare minimum. That's not the person that's going to, you know, uh, uh, strive and they're not going to be assets for the business. So that's, that's what I look for. Yeah. And, and we talked about the opportunities with internal audit and how much exposure you get to the business. And, and again, just the, the opportunities in general. And I think maybe even when people come into the profession, maybe even they, they have this mindset of, okay, it's audit, you know, but it's like, like you said, if you're going to spend a 30 of your life doing something, do it. And so even, and maybe books aren't for everybody, but like, if I promise, if you pick up a, a, a Norman Marks book and read it, you're going to go, you know what? I didn't even realize that we could make that kind of impact or that this is what we really do. And so like educating yourself from, from that perspective to like push yourself to care about it if you don't, and you're going to find more, more um, joy in your uh, eight hours or whatever it is that you work, as opposed uh-huh. to going in and just being like, okay, well, I got to do this thing today. And I got to I gotta, you know, look at these 25 invoices today and then I'll I'll clock out. But like if you and 
there's always going to be something that we don't want to do uh, in, in whatever role we're in. There's always going to be something like personally documentation, not a huge fan of it. That's why I got into data. You don't have to do it quite as much. Um, and so that's why I like that, but um, like push through that and then find the thing that is actually great about what you're doing. I love that you, that you said it like that, that we spend a third of our lives working, do the work and do it passionately. I, I really, I really like that. The, the other thing, so you're talking about, um, the technical skills that folks have, which are, which is great. And especially, you know, being in data and tech and things like that, it's always, it's always changing and evolving, which is an, another piece I like about it. Hey everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at audit board, the leading cloud-based platform, transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions, streamlines, internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. But you'd mentioned this idea of like upskilling as a person. And I thought that was fantastic. And as I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it'd be cool if we all like upskilled, not in some uh, analytics tool or tech thing, but like, as an example, if we upskilled in kindness, you know, (laughs) if we developed that skill um, of kindness. So I know that that's a a, a, a kind of a a passion point of yours and just kind of want to give you a a chance to to speak about that upskilling as a person. Yeah. So, you know, the first, you know, I, I actually started when I started my career, um, I realized that I was very technical. I am a book smart, book smart person, you know, um, and hence, obviously, you know, like the, the personal, the emotional side was not as developed. And it wasn't up until I started to become a manager that I realized when I had to manage people, I realized that I need to, you know, I can't expect people to adapt to my style if I want to get the best out of people I need to adapt to them so I you know I started researching a lot I actually read a bunch of books one of which was uh how to win friends and influence people from Bill Carnegie excellent book um also the seven habits of highly effective people I, I started reading a lot of that when I became the VP of programs at the IAA I also started doing a lot of uh you know soft skills conference uh, as I started, as I joined actually Cambay Health Solutions, um, my boss was a huge mentor of mine. Um, she she signed me up also to organizational coaching, which I don't even know why it's not required everywhere for all leaders in the in the industry and, and every single industry and, and every you know department because it's 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 huge, right? So I do think that um, especially in the internal audit field, but I mean across every company and and department. I think that, you know, part of becoming a good leader, a good asset, a good employee definitely ties to your internal development. You know, you have to, like I said before, constantly be working on yourself. Don't forget your, your values, your morale. Don't forget that, you know, you're dealing with people, people that also are expecting that development from you, that leadership, 
right? Um, it's not just just uh, focusing on, oh, let me get more certifications and stuff like that. It's like, how do I become a good person, right? And how does that align to my professional day-to-day? And a lot of times we say, oh, yes, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this and that. But it, it's not who you say you, you are. It's who your, it's your habits, yeah. right? Do your habits reflect that person you want to be? Are you committed to your goals, right? Do you know your goals? Are your goals smart, right? Do you know um, how you're accomplishing them? Do you have a timeline, right? Is there like uh, a light at the end of the tunnel? How do you want to be? You know, yeah. do you want to be that person that inspires and influences people? Uh, or do you, do you just want to do your job? Right. Because a lot of times some people just don't necessarily care, but you have to care in order for people to realize that you're investing in them. Yeah. Right. There's such an, an important factor into being a good leader and caring and making sure that your core values that you were taught is what you're actually you know, walking, right? What you're presenting to your teams and your higher ups, even, you know, your boss, uh, how are you showing them that you're actually caring and you're not just doing your job and checking the box, right? I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a concept that is highly, um, you know, disregarded. Um, and oftentimes, you, it doesn't it doesn't really become that important un, until it's okay. really hard to change yeah. you know it's hard to work on yourself it's not easy you know you there has to be acceptance awareness you have to make sure that that you know you're 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 realizing those areas of weaknesses and that you start to polish them it's not just like let's keep being the best of what I'm the best of right the question is do you want to be the best of the worst yeah. or do you want to be the worst of the best? right? Where there's room for improvement, right? So you always, there's always room for improvement. And that's what I, I, I lead by. That's what I, um, you know, strive by. And it always, always trends. It always pays back to me because I always have team members that come back to me and say, thank God you invested in me. Wow. Look at who I was this day and look how, who I am today. Yeah. And that's also so rewarding for me to hear like the people that I actually invest in, um, you know, to actually see that return on investment, getting those compliments and being like, thank you for being that leader who cared and who showed me that passion is key to anything you do in life. Right. I think if, uh, for folks that are listening that maybe are thinking about leaving their organization, they're probably going to want to work for you after talking to you. Uh, do you have any open positions that you're looking to fill that, that if someone's listening, they could reach out to you? In the near future, I, I, I do, right? Yeah. I mean, we're growing. Thank God. Uh, this is a great company. And, and honestly, Trent, that, that's the one thing that I'm very happy about, that I actually finally landed a company that I am so happy with uh, the leadership, the people, everybody knows their stuff. It's so good. So yeah. yes, in the near future, I'm going to be hiring. Hopefully we're going to have a much larger internal audit department, but definitely, um, you know, and I actually want to give a shout out to my organizational coach. His name is Jason Murphy and he's amazing. Best I've ever seen. Uh, he introduced me to the Myers-Briggs personality test, which I also encourage everybody to subject all of their team members to because it will open up your mind so much about so many concepts about like the complexity of different personalities and how you can adapt to the different kinds of 
people yeah. so that you can be that great leader for them. That you don't have to be uh, who you are today. It doesn't have to be who you are tomorrow. That's I what like I, it. that's what I live by. So I'm, I'm interested in this as a uh, person of productivity. And I like to read those types of books as well. And Tim Ferriss stuff and James Clear and all that kind of stuff. I know when work from home started, you had said that you kind of struggled a little bit to stay on a system or like a process. And a lot of people, myself included, uh, can do the same thing where you like you sit down to work and then you go, let me just go do the dishes real quick. Uh, or let me just go make the bed real quick or, or something like that. And so I'm, I'm curious to kind of pick your brain because I know now you have like a, a, a good process in place. And so I'm curious what that process is and and how you got there, like what's working for you now? Yeah. So that's a great question. I actually mentor a lot of uh, different people, the IA, some of my VPs and also some of, uh, you know, my team members. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm a very structured person. Not everybody's like that. I'm a checklist person. I have a million checklists for everything. I have a manual agenda, a phone agenda. I reconcile I check my bank every day. Um, So for me, what works, I mean, obviously in life, everything has to be a balance, right? So you, you can't, you know, go to either extreme because then you're, you're going to fail, right? There has to be a balance. So I think that for people that are very structured or for those that, you know, maybe don't have structure, maybe they can come to a, a midpoint, right? So I do several, like what I've done since COVID started is that I have a calendar. I have like a, a big board, right? Where I write and I do, I plan my months as they come by, right? So for example, every Sunday for me is laundry day. I do it on Sundays, not just necessarily because, you know, I mean, it's, it's the first thing I do when I wake up, I do mine and my, my, my roommates and I do it at the same time because they want to, you know, be environmental. I don't want to like use water twice. Yeah. So I think that um, that's really what works for me in terms of, you know, I have a checklist. I make sure like I started to learn myself. Hmm. I know that I have a very short attention span. So I time myself, I, t- I try to accomplish like, you know, 45 minutes of non disturbed work, right. And then I take maybe 10 to 15 minutes to like walk around, see if I can do the dishes or something like that. You know, I also have the best productivity at night. So I kind of come back at night and I recollect my thoughts. I plan for the next day. Do I have everything done for the next day? Do I have good breaks in between? I also something that really worked for me. And now that we're remote and that, I mean, hopefully you have a really flexible, um, you know, leader that allows you to, to, you know, manage your time, do time management, as long as obviously the deadlines and, you know, you're accomplishing deadlines and all of your deliverables that you actually, you know, block time to do work. You know, a lot of times in internal audit, you have so many stakeholders, audit committee, management, leadership, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really important, especially when you have people under you to make sure that you block that time to do the things that you want to do so that you're not overworking or working, you know, uh, for, for no reason, yeah. right? Like you want to work smart. You don't want to work way too many hours if you can actually, you know, work smart. So I always say like, find that balance that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. What happened to me before COVID, I was actually commuting. And this is a very, you know, interesting fact. Um, the average American commutes to work 
two hours, sorry, two years of their life. The average American, which is insane to me, you're wasting two years of your life in the car. Hopefully you don't have to waste it. You can do audio books, et cetera, et cetera. That's a whole different, you know, thing. But honestly, it's like, you know, how do you maximize your time? I mean, time is one of the most important assets that we have that is completely out of your control, of our control. How are you maximizing it? You know, are you getting your return on investment? Right. And remembering that we're not a product of our thoughts. Like we actually, you know, think through every single little thought that comes to your mind, whether it's through nature or nurture, you actually control it. You have an impulse control. You actually control. Am I sitting in traffic? Am I going to let this one thing that is completely out of control ruin my day in the morning? Are you going to allow that? So find the balance that makes you happy. Maximize the time. Now that you're working remote, spend it with your families. Go to the gym. Be healthy. Be happy. Do meal planning, right? So you see see this as an opportunity to become a better person as opposed to, oh, my God, I'm working remote and looking at the glass half empty as opposed to half full, you know, just see the beauty in things, you know, like the the opportunities that life gives you, right? And take them and embrace them and embrace the challenge and fight to be that better person that you want to be, right? Yeah. Well, I think what I like, I liked a lot of that because I do similar things, especially the night before knowing what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'll I'll take you know, the, the, li- the to-do list is, is never short of 45 things. And so to go through that and go, these are the three things I have to do these three things tomorrow and just focus on those. And usually yeah. a lot of times that usually only takes like two hours. And then after I'm done with those, it's like, I mean, this, there's the, re- the, there's like a sense of relief every yeah. day that that happens. And it's not just jumping around from email to this thing and just staying busy. So I like that. And a lot of other things, uh, I think we, we share um, similar, I guess, processes. But what I like the most about what you said is when you first started and you said, for me, and you really emphasize for me, for you, Janine, yeah. that's what works. Because I've, again, kind of a uh, like productivity nerd in a sense of like, I always want to know how the people do things and like what their system is and what works for them. And I would take it and go, okay, that you know, that seems brilliant. I'm going to do that. And inevitably it wouldn't work. And and then I'd be like, Oh, I suck. I I didn't do this. I was going to do this. And then it took a long time to realize, well, yeah, that doesn't work for me. This is how I do it and what works for me. So, um, so I like that. And I'll tell you (laughs) one of those things was, um, again, this was a Tim Ferriss thing. And when he writes books, his process is one, he waits until he, he does his best writing at night. Like you said, uh, you do uh, good work at night and he'll have, he'll stand up and, and type standing at night with a TV on in front of him on mute. And I think it's even like, he gets specific on like, he likes to have like cartoons or something like that, or maybe like old Western movies or like, there's a certain genre that he does. And then um, he drinks yerba mate tea, and I think, if I'm recalling this correctly. And then he drinks like a glass of red wine. And then that, for whatever reason, all that together, he just, he gets in a, a writing mode. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Let me, I'll try that. That sounds good. 
I drank like a bottle of wine within like 20 minutes and like <laughs> didn't write anything, like didn't get anything done. And it, it was then that I realized this was uh, probably about a year and a half ago uh, that I realized I was like, you know what? Uh, everybody's way isn't everybody else's way. And so uh, that was that was kind of a, a hard lesson learned, at least the next day when um, when the, the uh, headache kicked in. So anyway, um, so just a couple more things. You are obviously just from what we've talked about and like your process oriented and checklist kind of oriented and you read a ton of books. Um, there's a lot, I feel like you could teach others. So what is that? Like, what is that one thing if, if the, that the listeners should do one thing after listening to this episode, what would it be coming from you? So I think that, and I actually, you know, wanted to share with you this, this, uh, this is, you know, when I was in college, um, I, I had to, I studied a lot about, you know, fraud and fraudsters and also, you know, uh, just the, the, the story of accounting, right. And there was, um, this person, this mathematician um, in the 1500s, his name was Luca Pacioli. He was an Italian mathematician and he's actually known as the father of accounting. He invented the dual entry accounting system. And he said back then, and I actually wrote an article on this that I'm pretty proud of. And and from time to time, I actually read it because it's great. Hmm. Um, But he said back then, I mean, 1400s, right? He said, in the world of business, there is only two rules that you have to consider when doing business. I mean, imagine how, how far away this was, because nowadays we have, we have millions of rules, right? Hmm. Um, but he said, every transaction should have a debit and a credit and they should tie. Debit's always equal credits, Right. That's number one, dual entry accounting system. Everybody, every accountant knows that, hopefully. Um, and number two is you shall act in good faith, right? And I think that that second rule has just been completely disregarded and forgotten these days because we have become, I mean, with, uh, you know, the, the, the world evolving economy, technology, globalization, and so many changes, right? We have forgotten to stop, meditate, and ask ourselves, am I acting in good faith, right? Am I being a good person? Am I, when, when it comes to, you know, a transaction when, with a second party, with a third party, um, am I acting in good faith? Am I trying to make sure that it's a win-win transaction, right? Because that's the beauty of business, right? That both parties end up being both happy at the end. And that's the result, right? That would be, I think it would make us such great human beings. So before, like what I try to do a lot of times, um, and, and we have forgotten the ability that, that we have the ability of, of, of stop stopping and thinking, you know, um, don't, don't fall into the, the reaction into the you know, the, the, what you're used to, but sit down, stop and think, are you doing the right thing? Are you being fair? Are you acting in good faith? Are you being a good human? Are you following by your core values that you were taught by your great parents? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I try to do every day 
professionally, personally, with my family. I think that it has made me uh, a much different person. I also recommend to people that after they, they hear my podcast that they actually go and hear, um, they watch. I mean, we watch so many things on Netflix that are, you know, like useless or, yeah. or it's just very entertaining. Yeah. But there's some shows that allow us to, like, for example, a guide to meditation for, from Headspace um, changed my life, completely changed my life. It's by a guy who was actually, a, you know, a professional. He went and did a, uh, some training in, in, in Bali and he became a monk. Um, and it, it's, it's amazing. So that, that, those two things, that's, that's my advice. It's like, you know, it's, it's not that hard. Right. And then trust me, it will pay off because things will start to happen where you'll realize that actually acting in good faith and being a good human does pay off. And you're going to start to see some of the great things that, that come from that. So, Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the audit podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.